This is a share on Likutei Sicha Yisraelik Yud Ches Shlach, the fourth Sicha. Says the Rebbe on the pasuk, "Ba'ato yigdal not koyach adnai." After the sin of the Meraglim, when Moshe Rabbeinu is asking for forgiveness, the pasuk, the way he davens is, "Ba'ato now yigdal not koyach adnai." The koyach of Hashem, using the word Adnai, that name of Hashem. So then the Zer explains <coughs> about this. Rabbi Acha and Rabbi Yaisi said the following. Zakoi inun Yisroel miyamin, evde keichad mimumazol is the Alma. The Bnei Yisroel are meritorious from the nations, the idolatrous, the general, the idolatrous nations of the world. The kuchabricho isrib ibahu because Hashem wants. This is like Rotsam. <coughs> Hashem desires, wants the Eden. The Iskin Ibahu and is nicknamed by the Eden. In other words, he <coughs> there's two ways of reading this. His the name Yisrael is Hashem. Hashem refers to himself also by the name Yisrael. Or by the Yid. The Yid himself is a nickname, so to speak, a representation of Hashem. We'll see later what that means. The Isparbu and Hashem is full of pride in the Yidin. The Ho'alma Le'Yibra Le'Beginayin Yisrael because the world was created because, on behalf of Yisrael. Yisrael Cholo Inon Kiyumadilei and Yisrael, they are the sustenance, the reason for being, what keeps the world in, in being. And the what gives the being and the continuation of all the other nations. Okay, so basically, the Zayar is saying it, that the Yidin are um, outstanding compared to the idolatrous nations. Hashem wants them. Hashem is uh, is uh, called by them. Hashem is proud of them. And the whole world has its sustenance, has its existence because of the Eden and also the other nations. So now continues the Rebbe, the reason why the Brazoya brings these three virtues about Eden, and especially these three, Hashem's desire and choices in them, Hashem is called by them. As the, um, the Rebbe quotes from his father, that we see that Hashem is called by the name Yisrael. And also Hashem is full of pride, is proud with the Eden and not with others. In other words, where does he get his, his pride? From, from the Eden in the world. But at the same time, it seems that there are higher advantages and virtues of Yidin which were not mentioned in the Zohar. For example, what it says in this week's Pirkei Avis, that the Yidin are called children of Hashem, they're called sons of Hashem. So if they're children of Hashem, that seems to be much higher than just being things that Hashem identifies with, Hashem wants. Children are actually literally a part of their, of, 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 um, part of their parent. So... Is that Tatum advises the Rebbe that his father, Rav Levi Yitzchak, explains in his Ha'aris of Zoyar, in his notes on Zoyar, that this is consistent with what the Zoyar later discusses. The Zoyar says that the Yidin are Leiv Shul they are the heart of the world. 
And as we see from the continuation of the words of the Zayar itself, we just read that the Yidin are the Kiyuma delay. They are the sustenance. They are the, what, the, the existence of the world is hinged on them, just like a heart. The existence of a person is dependent on his heart. And that's why, says the Rebbe's father, the Zayar spells out three virtues in the way that it does, and those particular uh, milas, because those would correspond to the three kavim, the three general move, the three uh, um, kinds of midas, that is chesed, the kindness, gevura, uh, gevura, and tiferes, beauty, and we know that midas, the place where midas reside, is in the heart. So of course, the Zayar is talking about the Eden, the way they are in this world, the heart of the world, so that's why it spoke about three milas that represent the midas, the three Midas, the three general Midas, which are in the heart. And um, as he spells out, the Rebbe's father spells out that Isri, that Hashem desires and chose the Eden, that's Chesed. The fact that Hashem, Iskini, is named by them, is called by their name, that's Gvura. How is Kinoy and Gvura related? So he explains that the word Kinoy, which means nickname, is the same gematria as Elikim. Which is Gevura. Name Elikim denotes Gevura. And also, that Hashem has pride in them. That's the level of Tiferes, glory and pride. So now we will understand why the additional, for example, the greater um, advantage of being Banim Lamak and being children to Hashem is not brought here in the Zayar. Because that aspect of Yisrael is an indication and points out how they are totally higher than the created world. As Chazal tells us, the thought of Yidin preceded everything, preceded the, the, the thought, the notion of creating a world. First there's Yisrael and Hashem's thought. Here we're talking in the Zayar about the way Yidin are in the world as the reason and the purpose of the world. As the Zayar said, the world was not created if not for Yisrael. And the existence and sustenance of the world, this is what the, the topic of the Zayah. That's why Zayah speaks about the way Yidin are the lave, the way they're the heart of the world. And therefore, it is appropriate to speak, like Rebbe's father explained, speak about the three cap. Base. We have to, however, understand what's the connection with, um, with the content just uh, in case you got this far into the Sikha, and it seems a little technical, we're about to embark on, uh, in, in his Gimel, so we're about to embark on something that is so foundational in our daily lives um, that it's, it's, it's critical reading for anyone who wants to serve Hashem in, in our world. So base, we have to understand. First of all, what's the connection between the content of this mimer? about the three virtues and advantages of the Eden to the Pasuk about which the Zer is talking about. What's the Pasuk? Now Hashem, you should make greater your name of Adnai. How does that got to do with the fact that the Eden are special in this world? Two, before the Zer speaks about the three advantages of Eden, he says... First, he says a, just a general statement. That the Jewish people are more meritorious than the idolatrous nations. Because Hashem desires them. From this expression of language, it would seem to be that desire is saying something 
That's news. It's, it's, it's a piece of news, a chidush. Well, this is wondrous. We have to be amazed at this. How can they, how can such a simple statement of fact, which is so clear to us, uh, how could you think otherwise? That what? That obviously, the Eden are more meritorious than the idolatrous nations. What's the question? What's the chidush? And in general, it's difficult to understand what does it mean that Eden are more meritorious than the idolatrous nation? Is that the way you talk about the greatness of Yisrael? By comparing them, holding, up, holding them up against idolatrous nation? Eden are a totally different sug, they're a totally different uh, type. Eden are of a totally elevated and separate, distinct, totally different than non-Jews. So how do you identify the, the advantage of Yisrael by comparing them to idolatrous nations in the world. Seemingly, we have to understand. Gimel, so we'll understand this by first prefacing the explanation in general in the Pasuk. And now you shall make bigger your name, your koyach, your power, represented in the name Adnai. So what does that mean? What was Moshe Rabbeinu doing with this tefillah? So simply speaking, Moshe Rabbeinu on this tefillah wanted to achieve the, 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 the forgiveness for the sin of the Meragnum. And he was asking Hashem to forgive. As the Medrash explains these words, Yigdal no Adnai, let the power of Adnai become greater and more strengthened and let the attribute of Rachamim overpower the Midas Adin, the attribute of judgment. Because strictly judgmentally, the Jews were deserving a punishment for such a grave crime. So I'm saying that the Kayach Adnai, make that bigger, make the power of Adnai bigger to be able to overcome the judgmentalism and be able to treat them with mercy. So it's not understood. First of all, since Moshe wanted to arouse the middle of Rachamim with mercy, why didn't he put the, the, the name of Yud Vovke, which is identified totally with Rachamim, with mercy, compassion? Why did he speak about Kayach Adnai, which simply speaking... The word Adnai um, is Adnus. Is, is Adnus means to be a, a master, an Odin. And being an, a master would, would, would seem to be connected with Midas Adin, an exacting approach to those that you are a master of. Question number two, if this is such a powerful prayer that Moshe Rabbeinu employs here when the grave sin of the Meraglim, why is this the only time it shows up when Meishalabinu Davin for the Eden when they did the sin of the Egel also. And other sins. We don't find this particular tefillah. It seems like this tefillah, somehow measured and tailor made to suit this kind of sin. So the explanation is. The fact that the Meraglim, the spies, didn't want that the Eden should go into Yisrael, it wasn't because they denied God or they denied the ability for Hashem to do miracles. I mean, these guys were just came through the most miraculous time period in history, they had a year of unbelievable miracles, from Exodus, from splitting the sea, the mana. But what was lacking in them is the feeling that the Eivishter is Adnai, Adnai as master. That he's Odein Lechol Yisecha, why is the name Adnai? Uh, the one we use about Hashem, because what it means is that Hashem is a master on all his creations. Now, by them, by their sin was that that wasn't in their consciousness. This wasn't uppermost in their mind, that Hashem is the Bala Bait, He's in charge, He's the master of everything in the world. And now, in order to fix that omission, 
Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, let us build up, Yigdana, let us build up the Koyach, the fact that Adnai, that the master of the universe, has Koyach, he's in full control. We have to build that up and make that something that should be uppermost in the awareness of the Yid. So let's <coughs> develop this further. Dalit. And the Pasuk which says that the Meragam came back and says, He is more strong than us. Now, simply speaking, it seems to see that he's talking about the nations that they saw, strong nations, and, but then it should say they are stronger. Right? They are stronger. But really, it says, it doesn't say, Chazakumi itonu. Chazakumi should say that he is stronger than, than us. It says, Mimenu, he is stronger than him. So Chazal say that this, uh, this actually is alluding to something. That the Meraglim were, so to speak, saying they're stronger. This situation is overwhelming for him, so to speak, for Hashem. It's almost as if to say they were saying that the Baal Abayit, the one in charge, can't even get his, 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 his tools out of the place that he is in charge of. <clears throat> I mean, in the world, that sometimes happens. Sometimes something that you're in charge of, you can't, you don't have full power over it. You don't have full detail, of, you have full control of all the details. That's what they were saying about Hashem. So what does that mean? So the says, we've already explained. What does that mean is they weren't denying Hashem. That sounds to me like it's Mamish a denial of Hashem. They were not denying Hashem. The Meraglim's claim was that when you talk about Hashem, the way he expresses and deals with the world in a miraculous way, no problem. He can do everything. But, and we see that that's the way Hashem works in the desert, where the Jews are cut off from the world and they're freed and relieved of any duties of being involved in the things usually you need to be involved in this world. You don't have to worry about their panasa, don't have to worry about anything. Shem takes care of everything in the desert. So there, there's a total disconnect from the ways of nature. Shem, Shem is omnipotent, Shem is not limited, Shem can take care of everything, and he does. But now let's see, Hashem now has told them, he wants them to go, in the Torah he says, I want you to go into a settled land, and I want you, when you come to the land, these are six years, you should plant, and so on. I want you to make it happen in a natural way. And according to the Torah, you're not allowed to rely on a miracle. You have to work in the ways of nature. So then, say the Meraglim, in that kind of mode, you, you can't have a concurrent, opposite, natural, opposite the nature existence. So you want us, Hashem, to put on the glasses and to put on the, the, the vestments and the garments of nature. So since, according to nature, when we go in and we spy out to see what, where you're taking us and how we're meant to live, the current inhabitants' land are, are, are stronger. And you don't want us, Hashem. You've taught us an axiom. Don't rely on a miracle. We have to stay in the desert. And what that means is, that, uh, what, what do we just say? is as if you're saying the owner can't take out his, his tools from there. Sure, surely the Meraglim understood Hashem can do whatever he wants. That wasn't a question. And more than that, even they understood that even nature is something that is a godly creation. As they say, it's K-love. It's like somebody who can't take his tools out of there. It's his tools, obviously. He created even that natural state of being. However, they said, since the Balabai, since Hashem himself, made the house in this way, that it works in a natural operating order. He wants 
that we should work in Eretz Yisrael in a natural way. So Kivayochad, as if to say he can't take out his tools from there. In other words, he has himself has limited himself, a self-imposed limitation, but he's created, so to speak, a self-imposed limitation where he can't operate in a miraculous way once he's put himself into a, 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 a system that he designed to be natural, which seems to be a very strong, thought-out um, piece of logic. If by design, you, Hashem, created the game in this way, so, wow, we don't see how this can work. But the truth is different. The Emes, as ever says, the Emes is obvious. The truth is that even though Hashem made the world and designed the world to be a natural world, it's God forbid to say that Hashem can't or is limited to the behavior, to the pattern, to the design which He's injected into the world. Hashem is Kol Yochel. He's able to do everything. And therefore, there's always the ability to change nature. And more than that, because Yidin our portion of God, and Hashem's nation is a portion of him, they're not limited to the ways of, 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 of nature. They have the ability, the potential, when it's necessary, to be able to position themselves higher than the limitations of nature. So Hashem wants us to be in the world, but to do what he wants. And when need be, he'll override the system. Not just that, but we are part of the overriding of the system because we're we're Hashem's people. It's almost like we have a, a, a you know a, a past we can pull out in, in times of great need, <clears throat> and that's what Meishar Abenu said. The power of Adnai should be strengthened, should be greatened. The name of Adnai, the name Adnus, is the, being a master. That's the source of the natural mode of being. As the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, that from this middah of Oda in Adnai, that's where the creation of the world is taken from. And the world is created in a way which seems to be a yesh gom or something separate, an independent entity from Hashem. At the same time, that very name that gives birth to those creatures that seem to feel separate, that name represents that Hashem is the master of all those created beings. And He can change and develop things the way He wants. When the, Baal, when the Meraglim said, the spy says that Balabais can't even take out his, his, his tools from there, they had tampered and violated the greatness of the name of Adnai. The fact that Hashem is the supreme master over the entire universe and all its details. And that's why Meshach Rabbeinu asked, now let's rectify this. That let us make bigger the name Adnai. It should be made bigger and should be revealed. And to make something bigger, you have to replenish something. You have to draw down from its source, from even higher. So Yigdana Hashem is davening to a higher level, so to speak, of the Abish. Please, let's replenish and let's unblemish what they've blemished in, the, in their... In their um, recognition of the adnus of the masterness of Hashem <clears throat> and let's let it be reaffirmed and reestablished that Hashem is the complete balabais also over nature hey now the fact that the meraglim were lacking in this understanding and this recognition that you Hashem are the master of all your created beings fact that the Abishters 
ownership and directorship on world is not at all limited with those limitations that he has for the most part established in the world. Why did they have that lack of understanding? It's connected with the fact that they also didn't have the full recognition about the advantage and the virtue of Yidin the way they are in this world. In other words, that even in this world, they're not bound by the laws of nature. According to their understanding that there's a higher than nature and then the world, anything that comes into the world, even Hashem's power in the world, is bound by this overarching stipulation of Hashem that everything has to be natural. According to that premise, the Maila of Yidin would only be in their connection to Hashem in a way that they're higher than the world. And, and even in this world, when a Yid is doing something that's otherworldly, that's for example when he's in the base Medrash, or the base Knesses, he's davening or learning, he's doing holy things, otherworldly things, that would be where you would see the Maila of Yidin. However, once a Yid is doing things that are part of Hashem's natural state of being, in other words, natural, natural order of being in this world, where you don't see the outward connection that they have with Hashem's desire, with Hashem's, it seems to be just like what a non-Jew does, same thing. Then, according to the premise of the Meraglim, there's no difference there between the Eden and other nations. And that's why, because they have, they didn't get it, that Bnei Yisrael's advantage and virtue is even the way they are here in this world. Seemingly, equal to other nations. That's why they also didn't get it that Hashem, even when he has his world that's been established in a way of nature, that this too is imbued, this too is enlivened and still directed by Hashem who's higher than nature. In other words, in their world, in their eyes, there was a disconnect. And yes, there's aspects that remain otherworldly, higher than world. In the areas where Hashem chooses to descend into the world, he makes it in a way where he, so to speak, um, removes himself from continued involvement. That's not the case. But that, because that was the way he saw, all, they saw also the status of the Eden in Inyonim of nature. That's why the Zoya speaks about the advantage of Eden the way they are here in this world. How does the expression of the Hagdola, the making greater of Koyach Adnai, where Hashem is a master in, in the world, in creation, in the limited world that he's established. In what does it express itself by Yidin? In comparison to the regular world, which is idolatrous nations of the world. Even when Yidin are in this concealment of world, and in an outward way, you don't see any advantage, you don't see any difference between them and idolatrous nations. So much so that you could say that, there's, that, that there could be somebody who could think there's no difference between them, when they're, especially when they're not doing holy things. So that's what the Zara comes and says. The truth is that also there the Israel are meritorious and different than the idolatrous nations. Even the way they are in this world, even the way we wouldn't see the outward difference, there is a deep difference. And that's why the Zara brings three milers. Hashem is Israel, Hashem is desire in them, Iskinim Hashem calls his name by them, Hashem takes pride in them. This we also find, these are things which we find parallels in creation in general, where you would think the Bnei Yisrael are just part of the general creation, Jew and non-Jew alike. We say, no, even in those aspects which are very primal to creation, there also we see that Dafka by Yidin there's an advantage. There also, 
Oizgetel, they're separate in the entire creation. Here the Rebbe in Ha'ara uh, 10 had pointed out, in Ha'ara 27 points out, you see, the import, what was Moshe Rabbeinu trying to do, we have to understand, Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to get slicha, was trying to get forgiveness for the Eden. Now the way Hashem is higher than Ishtal Shlos, that's, that's where slicha, that's where forgiveness emanates. Because even though here, in a particular sphere, they violated their relationship with God, but on a higher level, higher than Ishtashos, where the Yidna just one with God, they're in the Machshav of Hashem, there nothing can separate between them. So there Hashem can forgive, because the love is innate there. The love is just, is just not, 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 um, not penetrable, not, not uh, violable. It can't be violated. But, as Deborah points out here, this needs to come down into the world, because Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to bring slicha, trying to get forgiveness for the Yidna, the way they are here in this world. So that's why the Zohar is talking about the Yidin the way they are here in this world. And that's why these three aspects are going to be speaking about the Yidin the way they are in this world. And it's here where Moshe Rabbeinu draws down the forgiveness from them. So let's jump into it. Vav. Chazal tell us everything Hashem created in His world, He didn't create anything in vain. This was understood... I just want to say here that uh, an analogy that the Rebbe uses in various, various places in Sichas, um, that um, even a, balabo- a balabosta, a good owner of a house, she doesn't have things, she doesn't have clutter. <laughs> Hashem doesn't have anything he doesn't need. This is a very powerful statement of, uh, of uh, self-esteem that everybody should always have in their back pocket because today the world is, suffers from lack of self-esteem. If Hashem didn't want you, he wouldn't have you. He wouldn't be here. If you're here, he needs you. So, but that's true about everything in creation. That's just a standard meditation. Hashem doesn't create anything in vain. But this we understand. So everything has a kavon and rats in Hashem. Nonetheless, everything Hashem desires. No, no, no. We talk about Yisrael. Yisri, Ratzin. Ratzin is somehow connected dafka to Yisrael. What do you mean? We just said Hashem, if he doesn't want something, he doesn't have it. No. The reason for this is since the Yidin are the ultimate purpose for the world, right? We know the world is created for the Yidin to create a dwelling place for Hashem. The whole, everything else around the world is all for Yisrael to create a dwelling place for Hashem. So the fact that Hashem wants all the creation and everything else in it, it's really a, that's not really the end desire. He wants a world. Why do you want a world? Because I want to have my Yisrael, my people of Israel, in that world creating a space for me. Oh, so all the other aspects of the world are secondary and only an ability to get to the main Ratzin, his main intention, which just is Yisrael. So it turns out that there's no existential and essential desire or want for everything else in the world. They are serving a secondary function. You ask somebody, you want money? Yeah, I want money. What do you mean? Well, you like money? You like the smell? What do you like? No, I want to be able to provide for my family. Oh, okay. So you want money. Your real desire is to provide for your family. So the secondary desire here is, Hashem wants a world. And he has all the details of the world. But why? Why do you want a world? Because I want Yisrael to create, to, do, to, to serve me in this world. So that's what Israel said, by Yidin Dafke Israel, the Ratzon is in Yidin. And that is a tenu of chesed. When you want something that's lower than you, Hashem wants the so that's chesed. Zayin. The reason for Iskanibu, Hashem is called by the, by the Jewish people, 
In other words, that Yidin are a nickname for Hashem. So what does a nickname mean? When you call something by a name, it's re- re- um, revelatory. It reveals, right? You give a nickname, <laughs> let's say, uh, a very common nickname in Hebrew. I'm actually not sure what the original name is. Shuki. What, 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 what name is that? I don't, I, to be honest, I don't remember. But because you don't even hear the name in the nickname. It could be sometimes nickname is not even a, a shortening of the name, right? Uh, you hear a nickname, Yossi, you know it's uh, Yosef. It, it's translated to Yossi. But a name like Shuk, it's a nickname. And it's sometimes not even in the same language. On the other hand, the fact that a person has this nickname, so it is somehow related to the name, right? Similarly with Yidin and the Eivishka. Since Yidin are called Chedek Elkam Mamamish, they're part of Hashem. You can, you can, this is expressed in the Yid. But there's two ways expressed in the Yid. There's the way it's expressed in a revealed way. When the Yid is busy doing things that express his portion of God within him. He's doing Teda, he's serving Hashem. So then it's obvious to everybody that this is a Yid. This is somebody who's representative of Hashem. This is a Yid who has a piece of God inside of him. As the, as the Pasuk says, when the Yid puts on film, with all Kol it's Nations of the world will see that the name of Hashem is on you. The Gemara says that this is especially when, when, when through that the Yid puts on film. Literally, the, the name of Hashem, the film is on his head. But it also means conceptually, when a Yid lives in a way of Torah Mitzvahs, it's obvious to everybody that he's a walking piece of Hashem, so to speak. However, when a, when, when a Jew is just doing things that everybody else is doing, is in the street, just doing regular materialistic things, so then very often you can't see anything holy about him, you can't see anything godly about him. An outsider, a non-Jew, looks at him and doesn't notice that this is something different. Sometimes even another Yid wouldn't notice that this is a fellow Jew. In that status, in that state, the Yid is a nickname to Hashem. That, in other words, to Hashem, his godly portion in him. The way he looks outside, he's just like a nickname. You don't see the, the, the intrinsic connection. And that's actually an aspect of Gvura, right? We said, Rabbi Yitzchak explained that it's Chesed and Gvura. This Kinoi, this besides having the gematria of of Elikim, which is Gvura, but this concept of being hidden is a, is a Gvura Dika concept. Where does hiddenness come from? Concealment comes, comes from Gvura. They wish to conceal things, that's an act of self constraint and, and Gvura, limiting. So even there, and what's the Zerah telling us that even in a place where he doesn't seem to be indicative, the Jew's behavior is in a way that doesn't seem to be indicative of his godly uh, inside. Even there, he's also a kinui. He's also a, a, a nickname. He represents God. Except that it's not clearly obvious. You have to be a maven. Maven means you have to be a connoisseur. You have to be able to understand. And here the Rebbe inserts, it's not always so usual, but it inserts a beautiful story that once the Rebbe Rashab was praising very strongly certain simple Eden about their greatness, about the great virtue of the simplicity and the genuine connection they have to Hashem. And he was saying about them, they have great mileage, great advantages. So there was a great, illustrious and rich chassid there, a monya, monya son. And he told the Rebbe, he was, I guess, you know, he was truly a person of stature and of learning. He wasn't a simple Jew like but the Rebbe Braga was, was, was building up the case for the specialty of the, of the simple Jews. And the Manya said, 
Ikhzanit, I don't see it. No. The, the money, Manyasin, he was a diamond merchant. And he had with him, he brought with him to Lubavitch, he was meeting with the, with the, with the Rebbe Rashab, he had brought with him a package of diamonds. He was a big diamond merchant. So later on, the Rebbe Rashab asked him if he could see his diamonds. <clears throat> so he showed him the diamonds, and while he was showing the diamonds, he pointed out to one of the diamonds, he says, oh, this diamond is Pile Ployim, it's extra wondrous, special diamond. The Rebbe told him, I don't see it. <laughs> so the money, money, he said, oh, you have to be a connoisseur, you have to be able to understand the diamond. The Rebbe Rashab said, Ayid is Pile Ployim, Ayid is wondrous. You have to be a maven, you have to be a connoisseur. Understand? <laughs> so Mela, if you don't see in another Yid that he's representative of Hashem, that he, in, in, in his essence he represents the Chelek HaLekal, portion of Hashem, sometimes you're right. It's a kinui. It's like a nickname. We don't see the obvious connection between the name, the nickname and the name. But if you're a maven, if you're a discerning, you see it. By every Yid, there's the specialty that there's the, the, the expression of his godly soul is there. Sometimes you have to be a maven to see it. This is Ches. This is the um, what the Zayar is saying. This is the Chiddush. Um, that the Yidin are advantageous and meritorious compared to the nations of the world, even where they don't seem to be so, even where they're only like a nickname for Hashem, where they, you don't see the connection to their godly soul. This advantage of Shem Hashem Nikra Alecha, where it's not seen in a, in, a, in, a, in a revealed way, you see, the way it is that Hashem's name is seen obviously upon them, that's okay, that's clearly only Shaykh by Yisrael. But where they're engaged and they look to be just like anyone else, like any other nation, the fact that they're, um, that they're special even there, so actually this is also by other things. You wouldn't think that there's a, um, that in this place where they seem to be just plain there's also some advantage to Yisrael over other things here that explains it, really in everything in everything there is the Dvar Hashem the word of Hashem that enlivens it and if you're a maven you can see that in every creation not just by Eden how much more so we know that the story of the Magid the Magid of Mizrich he was able to see in a work of art or in a a, a in, in, a, in a tool, in a, in a table, he's able to see who made it. He's able to see the vested power of, cre- of creation, of activity that, was, that the person had vested into putting together or creating or building or fashioning that item. And that's why he was able to see in a certain, a certain piece of furniture that, or a certain uh, utensil that the craftsman who created it was blind in one eye. Because if you're a maven, if you're truly able to see to the depth of things, you're able to see within everything the deeper aspect of it. So l'chayr, I mean, you can see in every aspect of creation the fact that it's Hashem who creates it. So you can see the godliness in everything. What's special here about Israel that they're, even when they're in a state where you don't see their obvious connection to Hashem, they're still representing Hashem. Everything is like that. No. Nonetheless, Dafka the Zerah says, Iskini, this, this nickname, in other words, this connection to Hashem, even when it's not obvious, is dafka bahu, is dafka bayid. Why? Because on the general creation, although it's of course all created by Hashem, and Hashem, uh, Hashem's um, input is visible to a maven, but you can't say that this is 
Hashem being called by this thing. And the nickname is, you're called Shuki, that uh, Yaakov or whatever, Shuki, Yisrael or whatever, whatever name Shuki. And now, now I'm curious myself to remember what, what, what Shuki is. But whatever, whatever name that, <coughs> that represents, um, <coughs> it's calling the person. That person is called by that name. However, when we talk about other items of creation, actually, the mere fact that you can see that Hashem created that being, is you see that that being is a separate entity, which Hashem, whatever says, in a way of creation, in a way of activity, in a way of you know, um, action, is creating something, so to speak, separate of Him. By Yidin, it's not like that. Yidin are a portion of Hashem. They're not something that's created by Hashem. We already say that in the deepest level, they're chelek alikad. The Shema is a portion of Hashem, mimal from above, mamish. It's mamish, a portion of Hashem. And therefore, even when they're down below in a place of concealment, they remain, retain their oneness with Hashem. And that's why, even when you don't see it, but it's, it's Hashem that's there. Therefore, even where you can't see the connection between the Yid and Yitzchelik Eleka, he's a kino, he's only like a nickname, which doesn't see connection, but it's, this is Elekus, this is Yitzchelik Eleka Mimam. Not like an, all the other items of creation, which are created by Hashem. You can see Hashem's input in those things, so to speak, but they're created to be separateness. Yid, even while he's down here below, where he seems to be a kino, only a nickname. It's a nickname for Hashem, so to speak. Yitzchelik Eleka, his portion of Hashem, is expressed by him, even though you have to be a maven, you don't, it does, you don't obviously see it. Tess, the reason why who Hashem has pride in the Eden, that Hashem is, is proud of the Eden, is because the fact that the Shekhinah is resting, resides down below by a Yid, so this has an advantage, so to speak, even the way Hashem is Lamaila, Hashem is above in the higher worlds. And that's why we say, the main aspect of Shekhinah was in the lower worlds. This is where Hashem's true interest lies, so to speak. The Iker and Etzem, the, the, the essence of the Shekhinah is, here, the game plan is down below here. And that's why Hashem is a spoiler, but Hashem is proud of the Eden down below, because they do carry out His work down below. And this creates, you know, when you're proud of something, it adds to you. This creates a godless in the Shekhinah, this creates, an, 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 so to speak, an ascent and an addition, a, a, a making greater of Hashem Shechina. Well, you also, though, it's not the only place that this is to be seen. You also have an, an expression of this in other aspects of creation. Because, hey, don't we say that all aspects of creation are part of the Tachtainim, the part of the lower worlds that are all supposed to express the greatness of Hashem? So that's why, and that's why Chazal tell us, Everything Hashem created in this world, He created only for His for His covet. So everything really has that aspect. It brings out the kingship of Hashem. As the pasuk, uh, we say, Hashem yimlech leilavad. Hashem reigns forever. So that's the whole world, not not after by Yidin. So what's special by Yidin? Nonetheless, says the Zohar, no, it's in Yisrael that Hashem is proud. You can't compare this to what it says. Yisrael Hashem The pasuk that says. That Yisrael, I'm, I'm prideful in you. I get my pride from you. As the Chazal tells us, Hashem says, I'm going to make you chativa achas. You're going to be an, a, a unique block, a unique portion in this world. There's nothing else like you. But the whole world is for the covenant of Hashem. No, no, no. The Yidin have a specialty. Why? 
Because as we said before, the Eden are the, are the purpose of the whole world. So here the Rebbe gives us a motion. A motion like a king that builds a palace for his daughter and his son-in-law. So it seems to be a very simple thing that the palace, when the king builds a palace, oh, does he build a palace? The palace adds in the covet of the king. Only a great king can build such a build, beautiful and unbelievable dira. But what's the palace in comparison, even the beautiful furniture and the items in the palace, decorations, how can this be compared to the specialty of the daughter and the son-in-law of the king? The whole house is created for them. That just points out how much, how great they are. They are the purpose. Similarly here, says the When we say, Hashem creates everything in the world only for his covet, for his honor. Yeah, but for who is it all? Who's the one who's supposed to bring out this covet of Hashem, the greatness of Hashem in the world? It's the Yidin. This is all in order for the Yidin to be able to fulfill the wish of Hashem here in this world. And that's where Hashem has His true pride and glory. If I may just... Uh, just uh, <laughs> Some people make a mistake. They 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 uh, make their kids meshuga. If they, you know, if somehow they 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 don't keep the house spick and span and in perfect condition. Hello, the house is for the children. The children are your main thing. Your family is the main thing. The house is to be used by them. Don't get confused. The world is for the covenant of Hashem, but it's for us to bring out the covenant of Hashem in the world. Can you imagine how much Hashem is proud of us and wants us and the desires of us? Right? We are the one nation of the world. And as elsewhere the Rebbe explains, our mission is to bring down the Echad, the oneness of Hashem, into the earth. Let's take on the mission.